At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts you're listening to fox sports radio radio, radio. What up? It's the Doug Gottlieb Show. Fox Sports Radio. What a day we have in store for you. After one of the most unwatchable basketball games in Western Conference Finals history, it's still a good day for National Sports Talk Radio. Welcome in. Uh, the phone number, as always, 877-99 on Fox, 877-996-6369. Mark Cuban's telling people something he told me a month and a half ago, and only now because it was on Dan Patrick earlier on Fox Sports Radio, people were actually paying attention. Uh, I'm told the hockey playoffs continue on, yet I'm also told that nobody 
outside of hockey fan actually cares. We might get to that. Um, add uh, Giselle bunched into uh, Donald, the Donald Trump category of sharing state secrets as the wife of Tom Brady is sharing secrets about Tom Brady's cabeza, his head, and apparently letting us in that he was concussed last time, has been concussed several times, and nobody knew. Wait, wait, football's bad for you? Get out of here. We'll get to that during the show. But to me, the big story of the day is the big winner of last night. And the big winner of last night is probably not going to win tonight. The big winner is not just the Boston Celtics, but their likely number one overall pick, Markel Fultz. Think about this. Here's how good a night it was for the Celtics who didn't play a game. They're going to play in the Eastern Conference Finals. Last night, as most of you know, they secured the number one pick in this year's NBA draft. And this is a really good NBA draft. Not the greatest NBA draft ever. It's not like the 3 NBA draft where you had LeBron and Darko, Chris Bosh and Dwayne Wade and Carmelo Anthony. Not, not that level of good, but still a very good NBA draft. That said, they secured the number one overall pick, and this wasn't even a draft pick trade. Like, all this year was, was the right to swap with the Brooklyn Nets. The Nets are going to be crummy next year, and they get the Brooklyn Nets first-round pick next year. Life is very, very good in Boston. But even better for Markel Fultz. And I'll tell you why. Because the Lakers got the number two pick. Because LeVar Ball was on with Colin Cowherd earlier today and made a complete ass of himself and exposed himself to be everything you thought he would be. He's not ready for the big time. That's it. He's not ready for the big time. Uh, Let's start with last night. So the Lakers breathe, uh, breathe a huge sigh of relief and get the number two pick, which does leave them with the decision. I mean, there are other options out there. There's De'Aaron Fox, who frankly destroyed Lonzo Ball in the Sweet 16, the NCAA tournament. De'Aaron Fox is a better defender. Uh, He's a great kid. He's not as good a shooter, but his jump shot's not as broken as Lonzo Ball's shot can look at times. Um, He's a very adept playmaker. He's a freak, freak athlete. He's kind of Rondo with with a a chance of being a much better shooter than Rondo has ever been. And yet Rondo without the Rondo persona. That's a viable option for the Lakers. So, too, is Josh Jackson, kid from Kansas, who also kind of has a funky shot. You never want him to be your best player, maybe your second best player, but a guy that can bring the culture that you need to the Lakers who care more about Snapchats and scoring points late in the season than they do about winning games. Like, Josh Jackson is going to help you win games immediately and help you win games for the next decade. He plays multiple multiple positions. He can shoot. He's just not a great go-to scorer. Like, he's going to be a really, really good borderline all-star player for the next decade. Like, that's a viable option. There's Jonathan Isaac, who's a multidimensional guard, forward wing, super long, athletic, can play any position. Like, he's a maybe. There's some. There's a Jason Tatum who can play the three, could play the four, could play with Brandon Ingram. Like, he's a maybe. But the likelihood is at number two, Lonzo Ball is the pick. He's from L.A. He's a very good passer. He's a tremendous point guard. He's the closest thing we've seen to Jason Kidd since they're Jason, since they're Jason Kidd. There's a certain panache to him since high school into college. He does make his teams better. And, oh, yeah, by the way, he has a helicopter parent to end all helicopter parents. But all of this helps 
Markel Fultz. All of it. All right, first let me play you some of the sound from earlier on Fox Sports Radio, on iHeartRadio. Colin Cowherd sitting down with LeVar Ball yet again. This after the NBA draft lottery, where LeVar Ball, who he, he believes he can will the Lakers to pick his son and that it's his mind, his mental game is so tough. That's why the ping pong balls came up as they, as they did. And you'll also hear Christine Leahy. Take a listen. Like I said, there's different amounts. How many? Stay in your lane. I don't even worry about her over there. Like, Every time she scares me to death. Kind of she said she scares Lonzo. Lonzo scared of me. She scares me. That's I'm why I don't look Lonzo? that way. I said that I wouldn't wear something that it like says a woman. big baller. It's the same thing. Yeah. With I, all due respect, I, you're a great reporter. Just not reporting on me. Uh, well, I, I think in order to have a successful company, you're going to have to have women who like your brand. Uh, <laughs> yeah, if you have a woman's company. But anyways. Oh, so you're not about, marketing to We're women. talking about big baller brand. All right, so he's talking about big baller brand. Uh, the stay in your lane can only be seen as disrespectful, not because Christine Leahy is a woman. It's disrespectful to anybody when they ask you a pointed question as to exactly how many shoes have you sold, right? Like, this is like Shark Tank, you know? And, like, how many times do you get to come on Shark Tank and tell me exactly how many you have sold so we can assess the value, the true evaluation, the valuation of your brand? But LeVar Ball kind of, you're a, you're a hater is the classic comeback to anybody who has no substance. And to any of you who say, like, this is the last we'll see of LeVar Ball on national TV, like, people said the exact same thing about Donald Trump. Dude, he talked about his junk during, his, during a presidential debate. And won. And he won! Right? Like, he literally talked about the size of his hand in relation to this, to, yes, to that. And it wasn't a disqualifier. So with that... To LeVar Ball, and and look, I do agree with him if he was more eloquent, more articulate with his marketing. Like, look, we're not marketing women. Now, I don't know if he knows exactly who he's marketing to. I don't know if he's done any research. I just think he just says stuff. And it creates a Twitter firestorm. He's like, hey, any publicity is good publicity. And it is for Markel Fultz. Because the draft and the first year is only about one dude. It's about Lonzo. Meanwhile, Markel Fultz, is a better player. He's a better basketball player. Like, is he as good a passer? Probably not. But he's equally putrid at times defensively, but not for lack of skill. The better shooter. He's better on ball screens. He's an equally good ball handler, maybe even better going to the basket. Like, Markel Fultz is better. No one on their board has Markel Fultz below Lonzo Ball. Nobody. And he's going to go to a playoff team that, frankly, doesn't need another guard. So it may hurt his production, or it may upset the apple cart, or it may cause them to package some guys and trade for some other pieces. Like, all of that stuff could cause strife, but it won't. You know why? Because nobody's going to pay attention to it. Everybody's paying attention to the train wreck that is LeVar Ball and how it affects, or if it affects, Lonzo Ball with the L.A. Lakers. If you If you think this guy is really refined, and ready for the big time. Take a listen to what he said. Remember, he met with Nike, met with Adidas, met with Under Armour, and whether it was the fact they didn't want to do business with him, they didn't think the big baller brand had value, whatever it was, uh, he supposedly wanted a billion dollars with a B. Today, he actually uh, refined that statement 
Now listen. Now that Lonzo's headed to Los Angeles, what they should have did is gave me a billion dollars and let me be on my way. That, that's unrealistic. They're not yeah, unrealistic to you. No, it's now. It's, you know what? If they want to come talk to me now, it just went up to three billion. Triple B's. They wouldn't want to work with you anyway because you don't respect women. So I never disrespect women. But I tell you what, you if, you act, if you act like that, guess what? Something's coming to you. Oh. And it's okay. Do you do you think? Are you wait? Are you threatening me? Oh, see how she tried to turn the words. I would never threaten you. You said something's coming to me. I don't know what it is. I'm not a psychic. Uh, I, I don't even. I like. I, it was just such an incredible. It was like one of those. It's. It honestly reminds me of my college days, when when I was at Oklahoma State and we used to gather around and we sit there and we had a little dining hall in the bottom of Bennett Hall, and Springer would be on right. And and you like you couldn't take your eyes off it. Like, why is that on TV? I don't know, but I can't get myself to change the channel. We should be talking about the Warriors' dominance over the depleted Spurs. We should be talking about tonight's game between the Cavs and the Celtics, and the fact that the Celtics, who have held on to these picks and have next year's Nets pick and this year's number one overall pick are sitting pretty not just now, but all off into the future. We should be talking about the fact that this this is a seminal moment, a turnaround moment, possibly for the L.A. Lakers, a lucky moment for Magic Johnson and the new-look front office of the Lakers, led by Rob Palinka and their young coach, Luke Walton. But instead, we're talking about this train wreck, which to me helps Markel Fultz. There's already enough pressure to be a number one overall pick and going to a pressure-filled city like Boston and going to an NBA playoff team that already has a gluttony of guards. But instead, the draft and the first year is going to be about Lonzo, and that helps Markel. Saying $3 billion, that just reminds me of, um, well, reminds me of this. $100 billion. Is it possible that LeVar Ball was simply capturing his own Dr. Evil? Hmm? Hmm? I don't, and maybe I'm just trying to think. Maybe uh, Jello or Mello is his mini me. He's his mini me, but he's not one fifth his size. I don't know if he has. Next time he should come in with a pet cat with a Mr. Bigglesworth. You know, mini Mrs. Mr. Bigglesworth was was a, just simply adorable. So ugly it was cute. Or maybe just hold the shoe in his hand. Did he have the shoe on set at least this time? This time he took Gottlieb Marketing 101. I believe they had the shoe in like a glass case or something like that. Like, oh, oh, we should actually promote the shoe that we're trying to promote instead of just make it a figment of your imagination. Chris Broussard is going to join us upcoming next. I I know that uh, the NBA is talking about Lonzo to the Lakers. What about the Celtics? Or the lack of competency of the the San Antonio Spurs as of right now. Like the Spurs are without two starters and we can call them out for lack of effort and call the Marcus Aldridge out for being soft. He was, but dude, you don't have two starters against a team. That's arguably the most talented, gifted offensive team we have in the NBA or may have had in the NBA in a long time. You too would find it hard to keep fighting. Are we going to have even one win from one of these underdogs in these two conference final series. We'll ask Chris Broussard. He joins us upcoming next. Broadcasting live from the studios of Fox Sports Radio, here's Doug Gottlieb. 
With True Car, you can find out what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for. And on average, save over 3000 off MSRP. Whether you're looking for a new or used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Let's uh, check in with Chris Broussard, longtime NBA reporter and analyst with us now at Fox Sports. And um, CB, my, my takeaway from the draft lottery was normally there's an exorbitant amount of pressure on number one overall pick. Uh, you, you multiply that when you go to a historic franchise like the Boston Celtics and maybe even more so the idea of upsetting the apple cart when uh, you have – you, uh, likely they're going to pick a guard, you know, like a Markel Fultz in a guard yeah. in a guard heavy team. But I think the Lonzo to LA and the Lavar Ball thing, I think that helps Markel. Like he can just go play and do his thing because all anybody's going to be paying attention to is La- Lonzo, Lavar, and the circus. Yeah, I think it certainly takes a lot of pressure off of Markel if we we assume he'll be the top pick, and all the pressure is going to be on Lonzo. Right. I mean, usually it's on the number one pick and that won't be the case this time. But you know what's interesting? I was talking to someone, you know, who covers the league or not, not a reporter, but somebody affiliated with the league um, earlier today. And they were saying that, you know, a lot of guys don't really want to go to Boston guys in this draft. And here's why. Obviously, Boston is a great team or very good team. And they're in a great situation presently and in the future. Great coach. Uh, everything is positive there. But if you're a young player like Markel Fultz, what's his role in Boston? He doesn't even definitely start, right? I mean, obviously you're not taking Isaiah Thomas's job. And Avery Bradley is a tenacious, one of the most tenacious defenders in the league who's learned how to hit three-pointers. And, you know, average, what, 18 points a game this year. Like, if you're a top pick, you want to go somewhere and play and be able to show off your game. Look at Jalen Brown, who was a lottery pick. He really, you know, is a, is a bit player there. And I'm not saying that's what's going to happen to folks, but that's an interesting scenario that a lot of people really haven't thought about. If Lonzo Ball goes to the Lakers, they're giving him the basketball on day one and saying it's your team. Um, Philadelphia, I mean, obviously you've got Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid who are going to be the man. But whoever's drafted there has a chance to go in and play and start right away. Not so much the case with Boston. And that, I got to admit, if I was in that position as a, as a lottery pick, number one pick, I kind of wouldn't want to go somewhere where I'm going to play right away. Yeah, I, I do think that he would ultimately – uh, you know, they, they, they'll move off some of those guards, right? It's pretty obvious that they're going to try and trade uh, s- some other pieces and keep an Avery Bradley and bring him eventually off the bench, even if he starts right away. But, you know, the other thing guys want to do is they want to play, but they want to win. And uh, though it looks like we think Philadelphia will ultimately start to win, it hasn't happened yet. We assume that the Lakers will ultimately figure it out. It hasn't happened yet. And all those other teams have been kind of mired in the basement um, so it's, yes, everybody wants to go somewhere where they get an opportunity to put up numbers and make a name for themselves. But at the end of the day, they also want to be playing right now and going to Boston and, and the fact that they're going to be, uh, they're going to be pliable and able to make some other moves to continue to improve their roster. And they have the Nets first round pick next year, unprotected. Oh. 
I mean, it's unbelievable. The future, the, the future is so bright, it's ridiculous. But here's the thing, and, and I think, did Michael Jordan say this, or was this just said about Michael Jordan? That he wants to win, or I want to win, but I want to be the reason we win. Yep. You know, and, and you know that as a player, Doug, you know, as well. And I also think for young players, when they get in the league, their first priority is to establish themselves as a great player because that's how you get your max deal. If you're a role player and on a great team, like Jalen Brown, let's, I don't, let's say over the next three years, maybe he eventually moves into the starting lineup, maybe, um, but he's a role player. He's not getting a max deal. I don't care if they win a championship. If he's a role player, he's not getting that max deal. And so I think early on in guys' careers, yeah, of course you want to win. You're competitive. But you're, you're like, look, I got to establish myself in this league as a player, as a top-flight player or a future top-flight player. And then, obviously, I want to get that max contract. And then as guys get a little further in their career, that's when the winning kind of comes into play for most most guys. That's the voice of Chris Broussard, Fox Sports NBA analyst and reporter and host here on Fox Sports Radio on the weekends with my man Mark Willard. Uh, all right, let's get into the game last night. I know that they're fighting with two arms behind their back in the San Antonio Spurs, right? You don't have Tony Parker. Yeah. You don't have Kawhi Leonard. And you're going against a more talented team. But at at what point do we start to wonder about the future of LaMarcus Aldridge with this team when, again, when they need him most – and he looks timid. He looks intimidated either by the opponent or the moment. Yeah, that, that's a great point. And I think what you'll have, you know, and this is not from a source, but I think that in the offseason, everything with LaMarcus will be on the table. Not that they definitely move him, but that they'll certainly be opening, open to listening to offers for him. And may even, I would even say, again, I don't want to say, like, we got to get rid of him, but certainly shopping him like what can we get for him what can we get that will make us a better team has to be in play if this continues obviously they're probably not going to win this series but he certainly has to play a lot better and and the interesting thing is I thought he did the last couple of games you know he I thought he was really starting to play well obviously game six against Houston he took over and that was the LaMarcus Aldridge you wanted to see but going back to last year the late late in that series with Oklahoma City, which they controlled the Spurs at one point, he faded. He was huge in the first two games and then faded as the series went. Obviously, he didn't have his typical year, 17.7 rebounds a game. And now in the playoffs when you really need him, it's the same thing. He's fading. I mean, last night, there's just no excuse. You, even if your team is going to get blown out, which they should, You have to deliver, and you have to go out swinging. Like, if you have Draymond Green or Kevin Durant on you, LaMarcus Aldridge should kill them. And I know Draymond's an excellent defender. Durant's good. But with your size, you're more of an inside player. You should be able to exploit them. And then, God forbid, they put Zaza on you, and you really go to work. He did none of that, and that's a big problem. With Kawhi out of there, He's got to be huge, and he just hasn't been. Um, can, is, there, is there a positive takeaway 
from the Warriors. And I bring it up because you and I had spoken about this, and most basketball people, Chris Broussard joining us, I noticed that, like, look, Kevin Durant was not good on the boards in game one in the first half. Like, he was – now, look, he carried them in the fourth quarter, and that was big. But as they try and kind of round into perfect form to get get ready uh, for for the Cavs, like, can we make positive takeaways even though there was just such a – a personnel mismatch last night. Well, you mean that they're they're I, I mean last night they roll with Durant being pedestrian. You know, only 16 points, only took 10 shots. I think the positive takeaway from what I've seen with the Warriors the last few games is that Steph Curry and I tweeted this last night. It appears that I know it's only a few games, but it appears that he's figured out finally yeah how to be Steph Curry with Durant on the floor. You know, like the last two games, obviously 40 points, you know, in game one, 29 last night, he's hitting deep threes. He's looking like the Steph Curry we came to know over these last two seasons, even with Durant on the floor. And that's what, if I'm the, the Warriors, that's what I'm most excited about. I know Durant is going to deliver when we need him. You know, his efficiency is off the charts. But if I've got Steph Curry playing like this, then I think we're – I got to love our chances and almost think we're unbeatable. I think they're better when Steph is the focal point. Like when Steph is just able to take these crazy shots and play loose and free and not worry about getting Kevin or Clay and everybody else involved, they're going to get there. But he can just play free. And I, that's kind of what I've seen lately. Look, I do think Clay, you know, Clay hasn't been, he's had, you know, last night he wasn't huge. I mean, it's hard to play off last night, but the first two games of this series, he really hasn't been very good. I think he's averaging about eight points in the series so far. Um, but I think Steph is the positive takeaway. Uh, last thing tonight, we have the Cavs versus the Celtics. Um I don't think either of us believe that the Celtics can win this series. Can they win a game in this series? They can. I mean, because Cleveland has shown in the past, not obviously in the first two rounds, but a tendency to relax, to get complacent, certainly Boston could get a game. I don't think Boston could just beat them. Like if Cleveland's focused, tuned in, and is like, look, you see what, Go- you see what Golden State's doing. They're going to sweep, or they're going to win in five. We got to sweep these dudes and get as much rest as we can because we're going to need our legs against the Warriors. We don't want to go in there tired when they're going to be rested themselves. So if that's Cleveland's mentality, then they can easily sweep the Celtics. They're just a far superior team. Um, but, I, look, Toronto got two games off of them in last year's conference finals. That's not, you know, this year's Toronto team is probably better, at least more talented than last year's, and obviously Cleveland swept them. So it's really all about Cleveland. Boston can win if Cleveland allows it. Uh, You know, I said that was last one. I lied. One more. Is there any way the Lakers cannot draft Lonzo Ball? They got to take him. And, look, I think Magic loves him. Um, So I think he'll, you know, he'll take him anyway. I think he sees a lot of himself in ball. Um, but with the local kid and what he did at UCLA, um, I don't, I'm not going to say that they're, they're 
they're pressured into taking him or or even I, I should take that back that they have to take him. I think they will because he's the best fit for them. But Magic has more clout and I can't think of the word I'm looking for. But, you know, he, he's people love Magic more than anyone, even more than Lonzo. And so if Magic were to take someone else, there certainly would be an uproar. But I think he would be able to withstand it more than anyone else could. Yeah. Um, just because of his popularity. But I think at the end of the day, they're clearly taking Lonzo. I'm with you. I can't wait to hear your show this weekend on Fox Sports Radio. And, of course, see you on The Herd and on Undisputed and on Speak for Yourself. He's Chris Broussard of Fox Sports covering, among other things, the NBA. Brew, thanks so much for joining us. All right, Doug. See you. All right, that's my boy CB. Giselle, uh, Giselle leaking state secrets on Tom Brady after we find out what's trending. When things come out of left field, having a game plan matters. Farmers Insurance has over 89 years of experience helping people play through every stage of the game. We've seen almost everything, so we know how to cover almost anything. Visit Farmers.com. We are Farmers. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio rolls on. There's some sayings that I use on this show. Uh, Matter of fact, if you check out the Facebook page, uh, they've done a great job. Oh, I can't remember the term that it's used. Uh, something cloud word. I think it's called a word cloud is what it's called. So on the on the logo for the show, there's what's called a word cloud. And in this case, it's actually a phrase cloud. There's things that I say. They're kind of my thing that I say over and over again. Well, one is there are no more secrets. Only facts yet to be revealed. It's Clay Travis today. We'll get it for you a little bit later on the show on. Uh, um, what did the Fox say? Clay Travis essentially said this without saying this in talking about the NBA draft lottery and would it be, would it be rigged, right? If it was rigged, somebody would have said something or some detail would have come out by now. Why? Why do I know that? Because everybody talks, everything leaks. There are no more secrets anymore. You can get text messages from people. You can get email. You can get their emails. You are sure as, and, and most times you don't even have to dig that deep. It's right there on their social. <laughs> How'd you know where I was when I said I was sick? Um, I don't know. You're tweeting out pictures on your Instagram and I uh, follow you on IG. Oh. How did you know that I was out late last night in West, in West, in West, West Hollywood? Like you were Snapchatting that you were getting a burrito from, uh, from uh, some street meat at like 3.30 in the morning. Of course I knew you were, weren't coming into work today. Like people give away all of their secrets. Like they want you to know everything that they know. Case in point, our president of the United States. Wait till you hear what I heard about ISIS. I don't remember where I heard it from, but I got to share it with you. And then there was leaked sources. And then he tweets out like, yep. I shared it. Same thing happened with Giselle. She was on CBS this morning, and uh, I'm sure Tom Brady's really excited that she shared this news. I just have to say, as a wife, I'm a little bit, you know, it's, as you know, it's not the most, like, let's say, an aggressive sport, right? Football, like, he had a concussion last year. I mean, he has concussions pretty much. I mean, we don't talk about it, but he does have concussions. And it's, I don't really think it's a healthy thing for your body to go through, like, a... 
you know, through that kind of aggression, like all the time, and that could not be healthy for you, right? I mean, I'm planning on having him be healthy and do a lot of fun things when we're like 100, I hope. Uh-oh. Yeah, uh, we don't talk about that. You just did! Uh-oh. You just, you just did! On national TV, like, oh, I was on CBS this morning. Who's going to know? You just did! You're killing me, Smalls. You're killing me. You're just killing me. We don't talk about this. You just, ah, uh, honey, sweetie, love of my life. Giselle, could you give me here for a second? Remember the time we said we don't talk about concussions? It's like Fight Club, right? You don't talk about it, right? Remember that time? Like, yes, I, I remember. Remember that? Remember that? Um, You, you kind of just said, like, no, 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 no. I said we don't talk about it. Yeah, but you... Said I had concussion and I have concussions all the time. But you, you just did. You just. There are no more secrets. There are only facts yet to be revealed. People can't keep their mouth. Nobody keeps their mouth shut anymore. And there was no sourcing on this. This is just Giselle saying like, yep, we've got concussions all the time. And look, it's not groundbreaking stuff. Football is bad for you. Whoa, wait a second. Playing football in the NFL is going to lead to concussion. Multiple concussions is going to lead to uh, permanent brain injuries. Oops. But when you're the face of the Patriots and one of the faces of the National Football League, when you're on the cover of Madden 2018, you kind of got to go along with the plan here, right? We're not saying that you don't know that football is bad for you. We're not saying that you're not supposed to know you're going to get a concussion. Like, dude, if you're going to reap, you got to at least go along with us now and go like, yeah, you know, hey, we, everything's good. Nope, healthy. Feel better than I've ever felt before. Avocado ice cream. Yum. I can play forever. What are you doing? Uh, you know, we don't talk about this much, but... His boss is a creep, right? It's like, are you Connie? Yes, right. Do you have any personal stories of your wife saying something at a dinner where you gave her the look immediately like, you did not just say that right now in front of these people? Hmm? <laughs> Wait, what? No, my wife doesn't share detail. Like, I don't, I no, no. I'm, like, my wife is somebody who, who takes things to the vault. Takes things to the vault. Okay. Absolutely to the vault. Um, me, on the other hand, I have a tendency to tell you <laughs> everything that's on my mind. That's really what happens. That's really what happens. So you're the Giselle in this situation. Generally, yes. Generally, yes. Like, I talk for a living, and sometimes, like, did I say that on my show? Did somebody tell me that? Like, I don't know. The other thing is, I just don't have the propensity to lie. I, like, I, I've always thought this, that if you don't tell the first lie, you don't have to, one, tell the second lie, and two, you don't have to remember what you told people. Like, it is, a, it is really hard mentally. It's, it, it's, it's got to be, for people, I've always thought this, people who live those double lives, right, to the Shooter McGavins of the world that are, like, great in front of the camera and behind the camera, they're a completely different person, to those people... It's got to be an exhausting day to be two people. Because then you have to like, okay, am I on? Am I not on? Am I, te- am I a nice guy to this person? Am I myself? Like, what, which am I? 
living a double life has to be exhausting or telling lies has to be exhausting. I find myself really relaxed because I just, I don't, I choose not to lie to people. Now there are certain things I keep to myself that I know I've done. I do a better job, better, not great at it. But in, in the relationship between Angie and Doug, yeah, I'm the Giselle. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm the Giselle. Real news or fake news? We play it upcoming next. With True Car, you can find out what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for, new or used. Visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Man, we got a we got a Twitter war to get to today. Oh, I just I love Twitter wars. Nothing more fun than one, two, three, four. four I declare Twitter war. We'll get to that. Uh, Mark Cuban said something today, which everybody is talking about. Crazy thing was, he actually told me the same thing a month and a half ago. Nobody was talking about the exact same thing. I'll play both for you. I'll tell you the difference. Spoiler alert: It's actually good news for Fox Sports Radio. But first, uh, let's welcome back in Dan Beyer and have him uh, dig in my sack. Let's reach into Godlieb's sack. <laughs> Dan Beyer had a, a platinum grill put in yesterday. He looks uh, <laughs> like a, an early 21st century rapper. How's the grill? <laughs> Everything's well. Everything is is uh, going all right, Doug. Just a little soreness from yesterday. But that's what happens when you get those platinum teeth put in. It's amazing I can even do radio. Let's find out what's in this sack here. What do we got? Oh, it's... Real news, fake news. Oh, there we go. What are the odds since we teased it about five minutes ago, right? That's uh, that's how we do <laughs> things here. Hey, real news or fake news, Doug? One possible idea to replace the lottery and prevent tanking is to have a tournament featuring teams eighth or worse in each conference where the winner of that tournament would get the last playoff spot. Is that real news or fake news? Is that an idea that's being thrown around? That's fake news. That is actually real news. They're real Brian, and oh. they're spectacular. I totally forgot. That's what happens when you get platinum who came, who, came, who came up with the idea? Brian Windhorst of ESPN said that it could be uh, a possibility. I think tanking and um, the lottery issues are two separate issues, really. But the uh, the fact is, is that could be something to give teams incentive to try to get into the playoffs, even though they may be, you know, middle of the pack out of the playoffs or a 30-win team or so. A lot of yeah, different options thrown around. I, you know, again, this is we said this yesterday. You were out. You were, uh, you were. You had laughing. Did you have laughing gas? No, no, not yesterday. Yeah, actually, this is an interesting story. Since we got a second, so I, my son had a cavity. He's eight now. He was seven then. He had a cavity. He had to go get it filled, and uh, he's a tough little sucker. And so the lady asked me if I wanted to get him laughing gas, and I was like, or just a little local injection. Mm-hmm. I was like, just do the local injection. And so my wife, like, accosted me when I got home, like, why would you not do laughing gas? Like, he's eight years old, it pinched, he cried for a second. I was like, well, it's not supposed to feel good when you get a cavity, right? Like, you're supposed to, like, no oh, pain, that, no gain. oh, cavity, that hurt. Cavity, bad, flossing, good. Um, so that was my philosophy. I've been, he's since had another one, of course, my wife gave him laughing gas. The wussification of America continues. Anyway, I'm glad you're you're a toughie. You're a tough guy. I've done I've done both. Real news or fake news? NBA teams are looking to swing a deal that would allow them to acquire Lakers guard D'Angelo Russell. Uh, that's real news. Uh, everybody knows they're not infatuated with him. That that he's he's partying. He likes being in LA a little bit too much. And if there was a guy to go, he'd be the guy to go. 
They're real oh. and they're spectacular. Yeah, Doug's on the board. Yes, Sports Illustrated with that report. The teams are already evaluating trade packages for Russell's services. Yeah, you're going to have to also take uh, Julius Randle as well as some, uh, some, other, some other pieces. Could you take Luol Deng too? Yeah, sure, you could have Luol Deng. I do think that the Lakers, when you look at the makeup of the team, though, when you think of Russell and Ingram being number two picks and Randall being a top ten pick, that even if you put those four guys together, if you would take Lonzo Ball, and I know Jordan Clarkson's in the mix, but the fact is you have four top ten guys, and that doesn't assure you anything. There's a lot more to it than just you know working out what the Thunder did or, or what the Wizards have right. done with Beal and Wall. Remember so. also, those are those are players not drafted by Rob Palenka, not they're not rep by Rob Palenka, not drafted by Magic Johnson, so they don't have uh, they don't have the same equity sweat equity in that room. Real news or fake news? Yankees owner Hal Steinbrenner says the team will deal top prospects at the deadline if the Yankees are in the playoff hunt. That's fake news. You are fake news. That is correct. Steinbrenner said they'd look for veteran talent, but not at the expense of their top prospects. And Steinbrenner actually said he wished they would have started the youth movement earlier than just last summer with the likes of Gary Sanchez and Aaron Judge. Yeah, they couldn't start earlier, though, because they got to sell tickets at Yankee Stadium. So they were kind of caught in that. All right, we'll hold on to the very last second, and then we'll go to the youth movement. Real news or fake news, Doug? Derek Carr and the Raiders are close to terms on a long-term deal for the signal caller. Uh, I'm going to go real news. You are fake news. No, that's actually fake news. NFL Network says that the Raiders quarterback is actually frustrated over the lack of progress on a contract extension. Carr is going to make just under a million dollars in 2017 and would like a long-term deal before the start of training camp. Yeah, I, I, I would too. Remember, they're paying him on second-round second money. And he's a star, legit star quarterback. We got, we got a chance for one more? Yes. Uh, real news or fake news, a woman pulled over for drunk driving in Massachusetts had over $100,000 worth of bills stuffed in her bra. Fake news. You are fake news. Uh, yeah, good job. Police in Taunton, Massachusetts claim a 39-year-old woman whose blood alcohol limit was more than twice the legal limit had a lizard in her bra when she was stopped. Yes, a lizard. The report says the woman hit multiple mailboxes, had all four tires punctured, and the airbags deployed when they finally were able to stop her. But the lizard was the kicker. There was also a guy with a pellet gun in the car with her, but uh, the lizard takes the cake. I, I, I'm glad that nobody was hurt, and it's a funny story, but if you're so drunk that you didn't know you had a lizard in your bra and you take out a bunch of mailboxes, like, that's too drunk to fish. That's scary stuff. Lucky she didn't kill anybody. And that... <laughs> Ooh. That was Gottlieb's sack. <laughs> that is what is in the sack. It, sometimes it's not what you say, it's where you say it. My, my mom always said, it's not, it's sometimes not what you say, it's how you say it. But I think sometimes not what you say, but where you said it. Mark Cuban said something today that he had said to me a month and a half ago, and we shouldn't be surprised. Or maybe he's just emboldened by the truth. Find out what it is next in the Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. What up, Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Coming Sweet to you live and direct from the City of Angels. 877-996-6369. Mark Medino covers the Lakers will join us. Bob Ryan, who covers all things Boston, will join us. And uh, Dave Softy Mahler will join us from Seattle. Why the hell are we going to Seattle? Oh, because Colin Kaepernick might go to Seattle. And I guess Markel Fultz played in Seattle. I don't know. We'll ask Softy about it. He also covers UW basketball as well. Just kidding. Uh, we got guys all over the country. We're going to bring them in upcoming in about uh, 12 minutes. A little bit earlier today because 
I, really good list of guys that uh, Cindy Katz and Ryan Music have lined up for us so that we can take you around the country and get you interesting insight on stories that you care a lot about. Last night was the NBA Draft Lottery. My quick takeaway is, yes, the Lakers are winners, right? Like, they lost enough to become winners. And they won last night by getting the number two pick, which likely lands them Lonzo Ball. And if you thought LeVar Ball was going away, he's not going away. Like, a lot of us are like, dude, send him to somewhere. Basketball Siberia. Let the Minnesota Timberwolves get the second pick, right? Please let the Minnesota Timberwolves get the second pick. Or or even Phoenix. Like, the Valley of the Sun is only an hour flight from L.A., but it is a completely different world. There are a lot of people out there last night that were just like, I just I can't take the guy. No more LeVar. No more LeVar. No more LeVar. No more LeVar. And what did you get? You're going to get full LeVar. Never go full LeVar. I, I saw that in a movie once. So uh, they get the two pick. The Sixers get the three pick. The Sixers have trusted the process. I love Joel Embiid, Joel Embiid being there. By the way, standing next to Magic Johnson. Magic Johnson is all of 6'8", six, 6'9". Six, right? Listen, 6'9", six, 6'8", nine, six, six, nine. He towers over Magic. Like, Joel Embiid is the truth. The, the, the missing part to this whole story is we're paying attention to Lonzo and the Lakers and dude, the six Sixers next year are going to get last year's number one overall pick Ben Simmons, who I believe is better than anybody coming out in this year's draft and the number three pick in this year's draft, which will likely be another guard because they're, they have so many quality big guys. Like a De'Aaron Fox, for example. So, uh, the Sixers are going to get better in a hurry, and the Celtics are going to continue to get better as they have the number one overall pick this year and the unprotected rights to next year's Brooklyn Nets pick. And as bright as the future looks for the Sixers and for the Celtics, can you name a Nets starter? Music, can you name a Nets starter? Jeremy Lin. Jeremy Lin, good call. And... One of the Lopez. Players. I was going to say Brooke Lopez. Close enough. If it was Robin, fine. I do believe that he, Brooke is there. But does I'm, Thaddeus Young still play for the Nets? Uh, sure. <laughs> sure. 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 But they, they, look, everybody's trying to solve the problem of tanking. The NBA won last night, and tanking is tanking is good. Tanking is like greed in Wall Street. It really is good. Because you have to be really bad to get really good. And as much as we don't want to admit that that's the case, and it's been the case, it is the case. Mark Cuban said as much earlier today on the Dan Patrick Show. Take Once a listen. Once we were eliminated from the, the playoffs, we did everything possible to lose games. And so if we did it up front, if we knew okay. that this was a rebuild season and we just did it up front, then you know, you, you know, you'd kind of know what kind of team you have. How did you tank? How do you, you know, you play all your young players? Okay, that was it. But there is, is it uh, you send out a memo or you just say no, no? Because the guys, once the guy walks on the court, they're going to play the hard out, particularly the young guys, because they have something to prove. Yeah. Which is kind of what happened with the Lakers, is they were trying to be bad at the end of the year, and you know they they trade away Lou Williams, like here, take Lou Williams, 
and we'll play guys that you've never heard. David, uh, what was the guy's name? The kid from Cal Poly? Um, uh, Nabwa? And he was played his played his tail off, right? They won like five games in a row late in the year. Like, people are like, what are they doing? Like, we're trying to be bad. What's interesting to me about that soundbite from, from Dan, the Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio earlier today was it sounded a lot like what Mark Cuban told me a month and a half ago. In as honest an answer as you can give me, was there ever the word, hey, we got a tank now that we're not going to make it? Was that, was that ever discussed? Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. We, we were 2-8 and eight for a reason, and I was upset we won last night for a reason. You know, we, you know, we played our young guys. I'd be lying if we said we were putting our best lineups out there to win as many games as possible. Sound familiar? Sometimes it's not what you say or even how you say it. It's where you say it. Like, you know, does it get promoted? I, I have no, and I'm I'm fully at peace with the fact Dan's show, even at this network, bigger than this show at this network. But had he said it on this network, you would have known about it before today, correct? As long as that answers that question. And I, I, I do, I like Cuban's honesty. I just want to point out that on uh, the jump on ESPN, they're talking about his comments now. Same thing he said to me a month and a half ago. Crazy, right? It is. Uh, it's quite interesting, quite amazing. But look, if if you, if anybody questions, if I, I like this, it doesn't it? Shouldn't be a surprise to anybody. Like no one was ever blown away by. Do you remember the Mavericks' big late-season acquisition that everybody talked about? Yeah. Once you go out and decide Tony Romo is going to go through practice, layup lines, and we want to play Tony Romo in a game, if you didn't think the Mavericks were tanking before that, playing a quarterback that couldn't win back his starting job with the Cowboys, that had never played Division One or Division Two basketball, that had never played professionally, trying to play him in an NBA game, if that didn't tell you that the Mavericks were tanking, rolling out a banner during the game saying we're tanking wouldn't have convinced you that they're actually tanking. Yes, music. I'm not sure what you're talking about, Doug. Tony Romo had a great-looking jumper. He may have actually helped them. (laughs) I love he hits one jumper. They put it on social media. People are like, that dude can play. (laughs) That dude dude can't play. That's that's not actually going to happen. Tony has a, a basketball court at his new house. He likes to, does like to hoop. I've never balled with Tony Romo, but I would I would love to, especially now that he's entering the world of broadcast. Seriously though, do you think Adam Silver is going to have a private conversation with Mark Cuban about this? I don't. I, I think he'll have a conversation with him, but I don't know. I don't understand. I don't think there's any way in which Cuban doesn't come out as the victor in the conversation. Mark, can we talk? Did you have to say that you were trying to lose? He said, well, I, and Cuban's smart. He said, I didn't say we were trying to lose. He actually did on my show, right? On my show, he actually said, I was mad we won last night. On Dan's, he didn't say that. He just said, hey, we tried to play our younger players, and that kind of, the rest kind of takes care of itself. Right? We play our young guys. We play our D-league guys. We play guys who you've never actually heard of. That, that's kind of enough. But what's what's he supposed to say? Like, are you are we better off with me lying to the consumer? People see through that. 
This is the way in which you get better. We tried for the playoffs. We couldn't get to the playoffs. There's no sense in trying to get the nine seed in an eight-team playoff race. Dan Byer. Yeah, I was going to say that's part of the point, too. You had a very natural conversation with him. But, yeah, the, the isn't that no man's land? Even seven or eight with the top-heavy teams you know, nowadays. It's it, it's one thing to win 30 games and then try to get the number one pick, but it's no good to win 41 games. We saw how it worked out for the Blazers. We saw how it, well, kind of for the Bulls for a while. But if you're, heck, take the Pacers for that matter. It's not even just 30 wins, isn't it? Just 40 wins or anywhere around there? Yeah, I mean, look, it, it depends on the team. It depends where you are. Um, but I also think, like, it's it's hard to get good in the draft in the teens. It just is. You, you have to be re- you have to be lucky and and good all at the same time. Um, and you, you can get better in free agency. But what I think Cuban has found in free agency is guys leave for a reason. You have to overpay people. Take a look at what they've added. He he thought he got DeAndre Jordan, and he didn't have DeAndre Jordan. Right. So his team last year was built around the idea they would have DeAndre Jordan. He was able to get Dirk Nowitzki to take a pay cut. And frankly, Dirk Nowitzki is actually worth the pay cut, not what he's technically worth. Like, he's a shell of the player he used to be. But they got, uh, what, Wes, Wes Matthews, who's coming off an Achilles tendon tear, hasn't been the same. He tried to get Darren Williams, who hasn't been the same with all of his litany of injuries. They ultimately let him go to Cleveland. And uh, uh, what's my man's name who's now in Memphis, who he had previously, who had Chandler the Parsons. Chandler Parsons, right, who had the microfracture surgery and seen like you're getting those guys because either you're overpaying for them or uh, or they're hurt. And Cuban for a long time thought, look, I got the best doctors in the world. Like we can train, change the way people run. We can evaluate what's really causing them to get injured repeatedly. And, and that didn't that didn't work. But the free agent market like this is it's no different than what the Yankees did last year. They won at the end of the season. They weren't trying to win. Like, they sold off all of their pieces. They waited until after they had season ticket renewals done because they feared an empty Yankee stadium. Still got to pay for the new building. And then they went super young, and, like, Gary Sanchez kind of blew up, and they fell in, and Aaron Judge is way better than they ever could have thought that he was. Nobody thought Aaron Judge was 14 home runs in the first two months of the season. Get out of here. And so eventually now they'll supplement it with veteran players. But the Yankees were trying to be bad and trying to be young, one for the draft and two, because they knew that was the only way to get good again. I got a Lakers guy, I got a Celtics guy, I got a Seahawks guy. I got lots of guys. We'll take you to those spots upcoming next. Broadcasting live from the studios of Fox Sports Radio, here's Doug Gottlieb. With True Car, you can find out what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for. And on average, save over 3000 off MSRP. Whether you're looking for a new or used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Hey! Hey! We don't know everything, but we know people that know what you want to know. You know? What the hell he say? Sounds like you need a guy. Hey! Hey! <laughs> I got a guy. We got people everywhere here on the Doug Gottlieb Show. I got a guy in L.A. His name is Mark Medina. He's the Lakers beat reporter from the L.A. Daily News. Follow him on Twitter at Mark G underscore Medina. Mark, you're a Lincoln on Twitter to not be able to get Mark Medina. Anyway, um, messing with you. 
So uh, let's start with last night. There was a lot of elation, uh, but there was a big sigh of relief, right? I mean, that's a sigh of relief to get one of those top three because they would have lost the pick. Yeah, I was in the actually private room when the drawing took place before it was televised. And Rob Salinka said he wasn't nervous, but the look on his face said otherwise. When they announced number two, he had this sigh of relief, and he yelled out yes, started praying up above. And what was really interesting talking with him afterwards, he was saying that he and Magic Johnson got up at like 6 in the morning to get a morning jog at the Central Park. And then after their run was over, they prayed together uh, to hope uh, for some positive vibes with the pick. So there's a lot of nervous energy coming in. And obviously uh, they're counting their lucky stars. They're able to get the number two pick for three years in a row. Okay, so is, is there any possibility, that they, legitimate possibility, that they take anybody other than Lonzo Ball? I mean, they haven't ruled anything out, but the sense I get from the Lakers and around the NBA, it just seems like this is what's going to happen. Lonzo Ball wear a Lakers uniform. Uh, you know, they really like his game. They, they, you know, think that he has a complete package as a score passer. You look at the dynamic of the team. You know, they, they'll follow the old adage that you pick the most talented player, but as a fit, it seems to be perfect because they have a point guard in D'Angelo Russell who they think is more suited to play off the ball, and he's a guy that likes to get more uh, of his teammates involved. And uh, it also gives them flexibility in terms of if they wind up exploring the trade market and have to get rid of one of their young players, uh, they, they may not feel as uh, you know conflicted about that. But the feelers that Magic Johnson and Rob Palenka were saying yesterday about the idea of trading the pick. They really threw some cold water on it, saying it was unlikely. You know, Magic went so far as saying that they probably won't even be a major player in free agency. And I think you and I are talking, we would say the same thing, but it was kind of jarring to to hear him be, you know, kind of honest about where the Lakers are at. Okay, so uh, you said they might not be a big player in free agency. They might, they won't trade the pick, but what about trading D'Angelo Russell? How, I mean, he's the guy who's most likely. I mean, Randall as well, but Randall doesn't have the value. Uh, how likely are they to move one of those younger players? Yeah, I think if I had to guess, it's probably 50-50. I know that the Lakers are certainly going to explore those trade talks, but at the same time, you know, Rob Polinka kept saying, you know, there's a value in keeping these young guys. He likes their potential. He wants to ensure the continuity. You brought up how Golden State was able to get to – by primarily, you know, building through the draft where he had some good first-round guys, Stephen Curry, Clay Thompson, finding a good second-round player, and Draymond Green that wound up being, you know, a really key piece to that team, and that really gave them the infrastructure. So, you know, I don't, I don't know to what degree they're doing this to inflate uh, some of their value and negotiate a little bit through the media, but at the same time, it sounded like they're really conflicted of, you know, wanting to, to cash in for a veteran player like a Paul George, just knowing that, you know, that could come at the price of not having supporting cast around him and also knowing that he could be a free agent next offseason anyway. Great stuff. Mark Medina, our guy in L.A. covering the Lakers beat from the L.A. Daily News. Mark, thanks so much for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me as always. I got a guy. Got a guy in Boston. Everybody knows him nationally and especially in Boston. That's because he's got Bob Ryan's Boston podca- podcast, longtime, pod, uh, longtime columnist emeritus for the Boston Globe. He joins us now on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, Bob, this is kind of a weird place for the Celtics to be in. Uh, They're playing tonight in the Eastern Conference Finals. Nobody thinks they have a legit chance of winning four out of seven. 
On the other hand, they're going to get the number one pick, and they might get the number one pick next year because they own the rights to to the Nets pick. Uh, so Danny Ainge is sitting there, uh, you know, <laughs> just loving the future. What what are your thoughts as a longtime Bostonian? It is the trade that keeps on giving, isn't it? And uh, it, it's a remarkable trade. They didn't look up in their history, not even their best trade. It's only one of their three best trades. Okay. The, the interesting thing, uh, as you well know, that when, when you have a number one pick is are you fortunate enough to have uh, staring at you a completely transformative player who fits your needs or is so transformative that he will make you better and you will adjust around him? The answer is no. If the consensus number one pick is Markel Fultz, so, so be it. Fine. Wonderful. But, uh, and he might be an all-star for 10 years. And maybe someday he might walk into the Hall of Fame. But we all know that. They're so young these days, Doug. You just can't project them the way you could project. You know, Larry Bird was 23 years old in, in, his, in uh, December of his rookie year. Now, those days are gone. Those kind of players are not available to you anymore. Okay. Um, here's what they need. They need a marauding rebounder who can score. Now, who's that in the draft? There's only one guy that fits that description, and no one's talking about him even in the first 10, if let alone the first 15. And that's Caleb Swanigan of Purdue. If, if he were better or there were not uh, some kind of concerns about his body or whatever it is that people are concerned, that's who they need. They don't necessarily need Martel Fultz. The second thing they need is a scorer. Yes, they do need a, a reliable, one more reliable scorer. And maybe he is that guy, and maybe I'm underselling him. So, but it's not an ideal circumstance for them. It's a nice one. You'd rather have the number one pick than not have the number one pick. But I don't see anyone out there that is the answer to their dreams. Do you? Uh, probably not. I mean, look, Jonathan Isaac has a chance. I don't think he's a big-time scorer, but he's so versatile. Uh, I don't think Lowry Markkinen is that guy, but he is that kind of, uh, you know, facing the basket. He He's not, not quite what they have in New York with Porzingis, but he's a poor man's Porzingis. But I do. But what it allows them is it allows them the versatility of, okay, we take Markel, and eventually he becomes the starting two guard. And now all of a sudden, everybody else becomes all those other that that gluttony of other players become tradable because we have Horford, um, and we're married to him. We're probably married to Olinick. We're married to Isaiah Thomas at least for the time being. And everybody else, you can move. I, I think that's what it provides them more so than anything else. Yes, I mean you can move. I'm sure if there were people who would like to have Avery Bradley, and they should want Avery Bradley. He's a nice player. He may never see an All Star game but he's a nice player. Uh, Jay Crowder is a nice player, but you can certainly improve on him. He may never, he will never see an all-star game either. They've gotten as far as they have with win 53 games with what they have in the competition that they face. But in order to get to a championship, they have to make a significant improvement. Um, no question. And it, it's an interesting month that Danny, uh, uh, you know, will have here. You know, the phone's going to ring. Doug. You know, there's someone out there was for Markel Fultz. I don't know who it is. He's going to find out shortly. I would think, and will, but will that person give him enough to, to make it worthwhile? Or does he have anything to offer you that would make it worthwhile? You know, all the run-up, uh, the, the, the part B is, uh, you know, uh, who, do they, who would they, if they could wave their magic wand, is it Paul George? Well, he, it, it just say, forget the L.A. factor for him. I'm just saying in the abstract. Is it Paul George? Yes. Is it Jimmy Butler? Is it, and after that, you tell me who. Who? I can't imagine who. Uh, now, I'll tell you who would fit their needs and make them a much better team if he were three years younger and he didn't play for the team he plays for. But it's not. I mean, it's just utterly abstract. I'm just talking out loud. Yeah. And that's Paul Millsaps. 
they need Paul Millsaps of, of 2017. That's what they need. Well, they already got Horford. He's not Millsaps. He's a different kind of player. And But they need – if there's a college – once again, I come back, when I saw from college basketball, you know, I mean, I don't watch uh, – I'm not an expert, but I watch a lot. I love it. Um, Swanigan, tell me something. Am I missing something? Why isn't Swanigan thought high, more highly? He's not very athletic. He can't – He can't really – well, well here, here's the thing. It's people want him to be Draymond because Draymond was heavy in college and lost weight and became this incredible – Swiss Army knife defensively, and the th- and the feeling is that that's not that's not really what Swanigan is, especially the defensive end. Like what what makes Draymond Draymond is he can guard all these positions defensively, and Swanigan is is not viewed as that. Uh, there is okay. Jason Tatum's okay. a maybe if you trade yeah, what it about down. Jason? Jason Tatum intrigues me. I'll tell you that. And I see the two guys that I think that they would be better served uh, if you decide which one you want. Or Josh Jackson, Jackson, Jason Tatum. Yeah, but Josh, ja- Josh, ja- Josh Jackson's the perfect type of player for Brad Stevens. He's they the... make they make much more sense to me. I mean, forget ball. You know, right. fortunately they won't have to. They, I mean, they're not taking ball. Don't worry about that. Well, hey, right. Lavar, you're going to get your wish, baby. Okay, you're going to get your wish. Fine, Lavar, you're going to get your wish. What makes them? What what makes the most sense, Bob? Actually, is the trade with the Sixers. The Sixers take Markell. Markell can play with Ben Simmons, and then. They take a, they take a Jason Tatum at three. That actually makes more sense, and they get another they get another piece mm. from the Sixers. That would that would make sense for everybody. I just don't know because Markell is is viewed by everybody as far and away the best prospect. If you give away the rights to drafting far and away the best prospect, makes sense. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And but Danny, first of all, he's fearless and creative, and uh, uh, so. Uh, you know, we've learned to be to have uh, our, our seatbelt fastened on draft night. We've learned that, and 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 because with Danny, it started right away and it never ended. And of course, the, the, the jackpot was of course in 07 when he brought in Ray Allen, which was the beginning of, of the assembling the championship team. But uh, yeah, it's interesting. I think there's a lot of options here. Once again, uh, Doug, what I don't know, I don't know how much to what degree, Danny hasn't tipped his hand. We do not know to what degree they love. Markel folks, you know, uh, and I'm just eliminating ball from their discussion entirely. They, they, they don't need ball. And I don't know to what degree they are, they love or like Jackson or Tatum, but I would, there's, there's no other possibilities I can possibly see than one of those three guys. Um, but it, it's going to be Fultz or Jackson or, or Tatum. And once again, I, 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 I don't know where Danny stands on this. He's not tipping his hand at all. Bob Ryan's Boston podcast is a much, uh, is a must download. You can follow him on Twitter as well at globe. Bob Ryan. Bob, always great to catch up with you. Thanks for being our guest. You're entirely welcome, Doug. All right. Uh, we'll we'll continue with our guys. We'll take you up to Seattle. Get a sense for who Markel Foltz is. Plus, are the Seahawks going to bring in Colin Kaepernick? Or are they just playing? Find out if we find out what's trending. When things come out of left field, having a game plan matters. Farmers Insurance has over 89 years of experience helping people play through every stage of the game. We've seen almost everything, so we know how to cover almost anything. Visit Farmers.com. We are Farmers. I got a guy. All right. I got a guy in Seattle. His name is Softy Mahler. He hosts his own show on 950 KJR in Seattle. Um. Let, let, let's start with uh, Softy with Markel Fultz. Uh, for yeah. people who haven't seen, you know, outside of me and you, nobody listening actually saw him because the Huskies 
sucked so bad, and then he shut it down wow. late in the season. They did. They were bad this That's year, right? I mean, they, they, fired, they finally fired Lorenzo Romar, despite having the number one recruiting class in the country. You knew that they were bad, right? So uh, how good is he? Well, I think he's really good, and I think he's even better when he's got talent around him, which, Doug, I mean, you and I, again, and maybe five other guys watched Husky basketball this year from a national perspective, and they didn't have anything around him, uh, you know, besides Markel Fultz on that basketball team. He, he was asked to do everything. He was asked to distribute the ball. He was asked to create his own shot. He was asked to score uh, from any spot on the floor, and he did that all year long. And there's some people out there, like Don McLean, by the way, the Pac-12 Network, that were taking issue with his, his affect, you know, his uh, – uh, his uh, his uh, you know facial expressions, his mannerisms, and I'll tell you what, man, this is a Husky basketball team that lost 22 games. They tied a record for losses. They set a record for conference losses. They went nowhere this year. They had one sellout against UCLA. They got beat by 40 in that game. So you can excuse a guy at 18 years old if maybe towards the end of the year when the team's not going anywhere, if he kind of maybe had one foot out the door. He was banged up for a little bit of the year. Some people think he was sitting out because the team stunk and it wasn't worth going out there and re-aggravating the injury, but. I think if you put Markel Fultz on a basketball team like Boston, for example, that's got talent around him, uh, you'll see why people are talking about this guy as the number one pick in the draft. No question. I think he's a pretty special talent. Speaking of Boston, there's a couple other Seattle. I know he's not from Seattle originally, but there's a couple other Seattle guys up there uh, in their Seattle and Tacoma guys in their starting lineup. Uh, Let's get to the other reason we're we're having you on. Uh, Pete Carroll, he was more answering questions about Colin Kaepernick than volunteering that they were interested in Colin Kaepernick. But are they, in fact, interested in bringing in Colin Kaepernick? I think they are, and they should be, to be honest with you. I mean, look, uh, their backup quarterback right now is Trevon Boykin, who I'm not sure if he can be trusted with the way he behaves off the field. And number two, if you go back to last year, starting in week one against the Dolphins, going into week two against the Rams, Russell Wilson was banged up. All right, it's, it's clear as day that Russell Wilson was not the runner he was in 2015, and when he can't run this offense in some ways, and Russell Wilson doesn't function. Uh, they played him in that Rams game in week two, which they lost 9-3, to by the way, because partially they did not trust the guy backing up Russell Wilson. And I think if they would have had a guy like a Colin Kaepernick backing him up a year ago, they may have sat Russell Wilson. They may have won that game. They lost 9-3. to And they may have been able to grab that number two seed in the playoffs and get that by. So I think there's no doubt about it that there's, a, there's serious logic behind trying to upgrade the backup quarterback spot and look at the available backup quarterbacks that are out there right now. Ryan Fitzpatrick, come on, Dan Orlovsky, Christian Ponder, Sean Hill, Thaddeus Lewis, Zach Mettenberger, Colin Kaepernick in this system, if he's healthy and his mind is right for the amount of money he would make, blows all those guys out of the water. Look, I don't want him as a starter. That's why he's available right now as a backup. But if you're telling me that if Russell Wilson goes down and you can turn to Kaepernick for a half or a game or two, Uh, To me, that totally upgrades the situation they had a year ago. Uh, I tend to agree, and I also think that, and you know this locker room better than I do, but you already have the Richard Sherman dynamic. You have the Russell Wilson dynamic. You have Pete Carroll, who he allows kind of that circus uh, to go go on, and every once in a while he comes in and calms things down. For the most part, though, he lets those guys be themselves. But if there's if there was a place to which it wouldn't be a distraction because there's others that would be considered an equal or greater distraction with with greater talent, it would be Seattle, correct? Well, yeah. I mean, the the idea that people throw out there that this would be a locker 
room cancer. It would cause a, you know, some kind of chasm in the locker room. I, I'm just not seeing that at all. And, and frankly, I think it's ridiculous to even say that. I mean, number one, Michael Bennett has already gone on record saying he's okay with it. I got a text, Doug, from Doug Baldwin yesterday who said he's fine with it. And by the way, you may remember the Seahawks being one of the first teams to kind of do a, a team-wide kind of show of support for him when they locked arms last year. That's because of Colin Kaepernick. That whole thing began because of him, and it happened here in Seattle. So the idea that he would be uh, not welcomed in that, in that locker room, I, I find that to be nonsense, ridiculous. If there's any team in the NFL where he'd be welcomed more than anybody, it's here in Seattle. Dave Softy Muller, host of his own show on 950 KJR in the Emerald City. Dave, thanks so much for joining us. Douglas, as always, it's a pleasure. All right, that's Softy Muller from Seattle, our guy. You a guy. Little guy was sad last night. I've been home, you know, I didn't go home last weekend music. And, uh, he, you know, when he gets, when kids get tired, they get sad. It kind of gets to where the spirals, they get down a vortex <laughs> and they're sad about things that they shouldn't be sad about. And I'm just sad because I don't love basketball as much as dad loves basketball. <laughs> oh no. And I'm like, dude, that's all right. When I was eight, I'm not sure I love basketball that much when I was eight. <laughs> I liked everything. You know, I like, I like garbage pail kids. And I like baseball and football. He's like, I like football and I like baseball, but I just, I'm sad. It, it, that is hard. I remember having to have the conversation with my dad. My dad was a basketball player as well, but he also really loved baseball. And I wasn't very good at either of those sports. And I remember having to have that conversation with him when I was going into high school about how I was going to take other sports much more serious and not play those. And what did he say? Oh, he was fine with it. It, it. Like, he had no problem with it at all. But when you're a kid, it's like you think that you're going to be absolutely crushing him. That's something impressive, though, for uh, uh, be able to have that conversation with your dad, right? That's Because, like, when I gave up sports, for the most part, it was either a mutual or his decision or it was just obvious. Like, I, so I played them all growing up. I played travel soccer. And the problem with travel soccer was I think I started playing it too early. I started playing travel like soccer like seven years old. Like by the time you get to like ten or eleven, you're like, eh, right? And back then there was no there was no professional soccer. College soccer wasn't a big thing, you know. You're like, eh. Now, I played football, but the, you know, like I knew I wasn't going to be very tall, and I was a quarterback. Like, mm. you know, like dude, if I get to six feet, how many six foot quarterbacks are there? Not a lot. So you decided to play basketball. Um, <laughs> well, but again, so I I was actually I was playing tennis. I was a pretty good tennis player, and. In junior tennis, they have satellite tournaments and open tournaments, and you kind of got to win a satellite tournament to get to an open tournament. The open tournaments are the ones that become collegiate players, professional players. And I remember finally, like after three years of playing tennis, I got to the finals of the satellite tournament. I played an open player, and I got beat like six love, six love. And oh. I just remember like walking into the clubhouse afterwards with my dad, and I was just like, this is not happening. I started <laughs> playing when I was like 11. Like everybody else started playing when they were amoeba stage, you know, like, right. like when the second cell divided, they got a tennis racket in their hand. Mm-hmm. Um, so that wasn't going to work. Uh, I was good at baseball, but not great. I just, I, yeah, I, 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 I had played basketball the whole time and I was always good. Not, I was always really good, but not great. Great. And I just slowly developed in, in kind of phases and it was also my passion for it. So yeah, it is weird to be a six foot white kid decide to play basketball other over other sports. Baseball would have been the more sensible, but I wasn't, here's what's weird. I was a really good catcher. And I was told, like, you'll be too small to be a catcher. Because back then, like, catchers were really big. 
And so they moved me out to second base, and I was kind of scared of the ball. Like, I, they played me at third base. Like, those things come down like rockets, you know? Like, You're like, I need, the, the, I need the mask and the chest protector. Yeah, I felt like, <laughs> yeah, I felt like, um, I felt like Roger Dorn, like Olay, right? That Olay Dorn. Uh, so I, I went to second. I just wasn't good at field. Whereas I could scoop anything when I had a mask and I had shin guards, a cup, and a chest protector on. I wasn't scared of the ball at all. You know you can wear the cup at second base. I, I would wear the cup at second base. <laughs> I would wear the cup at second base. But the rest of the stuff, I could So I wasn't great in the field. And the other part problem was, as you know, in California, when you play basketball, if you played a good high school basketball program. We went to the state playoffs my first year. By the time we got out to baseball, it was in March, they started playing the 1st of February. Like, you're playing, everybody's got their positions. Like, oh, what do you play? Like, I play second base. Like, yeah, we already got, like, three second basemen, dude. So that's pretty mature of you. I'll keep you updated on my son, whether or not he still doesn't love basketball in the future. What did the Fox say? Clay Travis has some thoughts on whether or not the draft lottery is rigged. And Skip Bayless kind of went off today on an interesting side of the San Antonio Spurs. That's upcoming next. Godlame. With True Car, you can find out what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for. New or used. Visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Every day we like to bring back some sound from earlier on on this uh, outstanding radio network. Don Martin, Scott Shapiro have done an incredible job of uh, lining up kind of a murderer's row. Like, uh, if if you look at all the girls that Derek Jeter dated before getting married, that's that's the parallel to what we've been able to line up here. Like, I don't know who I would be if I would be Minka Kelly. I'm not really sure. Uh, but and I I definitely don't I don't know who Clay would be who Colin would be or who Dan would be, and then you got you know Ben Mahler you got uh, Jason Smith, Steve Gorman Sports, JT the Brick all those guys they would get gift bags, right they would get those Derek Jeter gift bags, but I I think there's the parallel, right? The parallel that's how good it is, and when we bring it back we like to let you hear exactly. What the Fox said. And now. What does the Fox say? You get it? Fox Sports Radio. What did the Fox say? Good. Okay. Earlier today, Skip Bayless, which you can hear undisputed on Sirius XM Channel 83 every morning. Uh, you can you can hear them early in the morning, 6.30 to 9. 6.30 to 9 Pacific time. That's 9.30 to 12 East Coast time on Sirius XM Channel 83. Skip had, and Skip's a Spurs fan, had this to say about the Spurs' effort and who's to blame for last night. My man Greg Popovich is once again getting a pass from the media he does not deserve. Greg Popovich gives the best post-game media sessions in all of sports. I heard that all last night. I read that all this morning. And he is allowed to deflect blame onto his team when, in fact, Greg Popovich deserves the majority of the blame for what happened last night. You know, this guy gets more passes. I've said this again and again, but he he gets more passes than Golden State successfully delivered against my Spurs last night. And he's getting a pass for a game that was an eyesore for me. Uh, look, he 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 is getting a pass. There's no question that he's getting a pass. But he's getting a pass because you can't go to the whip every night. You just can't. Going to the whip is a is a horse racing term, right? You go to the whip when you there's just you, 
There are nights in which you can't go. There's nothing he could have done last night. He was disappointed with their effort. He was disappointed with how soft LaMarcus Aldridge was. But there's nothing he can do last night that's going to change the fate. So instead, as he said, you have a good meal, you have a glass of wine, you get on the plane, you go home, and you load up for bear and try and defend your home court and just get one win. You can't get two unless you get one. I disagree with Skip. I think that Manu told you all you need to know about where they were mentally when after game one, he said he hated to lose games like this. He would let, rather would have been blown out. They had the game up 24. Kawhi gets hurt. They lose. They still had an opportunity to win, and they don't. That was, that was everything they had, and there was carryover from game one to game two. Game one, as well as the injury to Kawhi Leonard, beat them twice. It wasn't just that they lost in game two. Clay Travis leads off the mornings on Fox Sports Radio on all of our affiliates, also on Sirius XM Channel 83, as well as the iHeart app. He had this to say about whether or not the NBA draft lottery could be rigged. I do not believe the NBA draft lottery is rigged at all. I think you're insane if you believe that guys who are making millions of dollars a year at the top of the NBA would risk going to prison over whether a ball ends up on the right team. I think that's patently absurd to believe that that's a realistic option. There's no way that Adam Silver and David Stern have been willing to to risk prison time, because that's what they would do. They would go to prison if it were proven that the NBA draft lottery is rigged. No way that happens. Well, look, this is all because of the Tim Donaghy deal. This is all because of some of the weird circumstances with the Patrick Ewing envelope. Was it chilled? Was there a way in which they selected it? Uh, I tend to agree, though. It's not just that. Remember, anytime you're a conspiracy theorist and you think that the short-term game, short-term gain of the right player going to the right team makes sense for a professional sports franchise or professional sports league. Just remember, all most of their money comes from TV deals. And even though we think the ratings matter, the ratings matter to the TV companies that own the rights, not to, uh, not to the league. The league is already getting paid regardless. So their their money is already good. It's already in escrow. The only question is, is there value on that money? And yes, it does help leagues. You're more, you are, you'd be more likely for ESPN or Turner to rig the draft than you would for the NBA to rig the draft themselves. And that's what the Fox said. What does the Fox say? Uh, also, of course, we had Christine Leahy and LeVar Ball. It, it's, it's possible. We'll play for you that back and forth, which has caused a Twitter storm. Play for you that at the top of the hour. It's possible that in truth, both LeVar and Christine are actually right and they're wrong at the same time. It's actually it's actually altogether possible. Right? Everybody's right and everybody's wrong in their own special way. You're all wrong in your own special way. Plus, we got a game tonight. Do you care? My care index in last night's game did not creep above one. And like I told you, I like watching the Spurs play and I love Warriors basketball. Couldn't pay attention because it was such a mismatch. The real winner last night and the real winner today in Leahy versus Ball. Next on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Boom! Doug Gottlieb Show. What up to you? Hope you're having a great day. Cloudy day in the City of Angels. Don't worry. Like the East Coast right now, if you listen to us on the East Coast, you're like, man, weather here is awesome. Weather in L.A. is not awesome. Well, this is not awesome. It's like 70 degrees. This is a bad day. 
Going to be 75 tomorrow, 85, 85, 85. Ramos has got his, uh, he's got his thong ready. His, uh, he's getting the, um, the old wax done uh, later today after the show. You know it. Yeah. Gia. <laughs> really, really inappropriate uh, clothing set to be worn at the Fox Sports Radio Studios. Soon to be the home of the Steve Harvey show. Just don't anybody ambush him in the hallways, you know. <laughs> and by ambushing, I mean don't go, what up, Steve? How you living? Like, no, that's ambushing. It's ambushing. No ambushing Steve Harvey. It is the Doug Gottlieb Show. You're welcome to call 877-996-6369. We got any time for a phone call? I don't know. Well, I don't know. It's going to be a really good one. Because I have some really interesting stuff for you to, to say to you. I just do. Oh, we got a Twitter war that we're going to, we got a Twitter war for this hour, don't we? Uh, we got the press, all the stuff you missed. Plus, Bobby Marks is going to join us upcoming in 15 minutes. Bobby Marks does a great job. He used to be a member of front office. Now he's like the front office guy for the vertical. That's Yahoo's sports site. Uh, so Bobby Marks will join us. We'll ask him not just about tonight, but like Clippers, how do they move some stuff around? The draft and the Celtics and all the, all the things that happened last night. Speaking of last night, do you know who the real winner was? It's easy to say the Lakers, right? Because the Lakers have lost when they're supposed to win and then have won when they were supposed to lose at the end of last season. But last night when they were supposed to win for the first time in a couple of years, they actually won. And you got Magic, and you got Palinka, you got the number two pick, and you got a ready-made point guard for a team desperately in need of some energy, some fire, and a player that makes other people better. And it's Lonzo Ball. So the Lakers are the biggest winner. I don't actually think that's the case. Don't get me wrong. The Lakers can change this draft. Lonzo does not have to be the number one, the number two pick. Josh Jackson could help the franchise. Um, I can make the case that De'Aaron Fox might actually be a better prospect at this point than Lonzo Ball. But the way that Lonzo plays, the fact he's from L.A., uh, the name that he has been able to been able to create for himself, and frankly, what his dad's been able to create, even in negative publicity, is still publicity for a Laker team that is desperately in search of some reason for people to spend some money to come to Staples Center. But they weren't the big winner. The big winner continues to be the Boston Celtics. They're playing tonight, and they have the number one pick. It's an embarrassment of riches. And, oh yeah, by the way, they have next year's Brooklyn Nets first-round pick. Yeah, that's right. They're going to continue to be good, continue to be young. In addition to the fact they got the number one pick, they won the draft lottery, they continued to win the trade that they they won from the second that it was consummated. The biggest fear you have with the number one pick is that he can't take the pressure of being the number one pick. Right? It's just you're viewed totally differently when you're the number one. Have there been other high first-round draft picks that have been bust in the NFL? Sure. But Jamarcus Russell comes to mind. Why? Because he was the number one overall pick of the NFL draft. There have been plenty of first-round pick flameouts. But Jamarcus Russell is usually listed as the biggest flameout because he was the number one overall pick. You go back a couple years ago when Anthony Bennett was taking number one overall. You look at the top eight, 
Victor Oladipo is the only guy starting right now in the NBA. And yet, Anthony Bennett is seen as a colossal bust, not just because he is, but also because he was the number one overall pick. Thomas Robinson went number two in the draft. Do you think of him as Derek Williams? Do you think of Derek Williams as a bust? He should, should be. He was the number two pick of the draft. Do you even know what team Derek Williams is on? Ryan, you want to you want to venture a guess? Isn't it the Cavaliers? It is the Cavaliers. Thank you for playing. Yeah. Number two pick in the draft. Colossal. He's been on like six teams playing for the veterans minimum. And do and and he's young. He's not old. Like, I don't think Derek Williams is 30 years old. I'm gonna guess he's 27 years old, something like that. You want to know how old he actually is? This is going to really. He's 25 years old. He was drafted number two by the Minnesota Timberwolves. Then he went to the Sacramento Kings, then to the Knicks, then to the Heat, where uh, he was sent packing. And now he's with the Cleveland Cavaliers this season. Picked up off the street in midseason, playing for the veterans minimum. He signed a 10-day contract, right? Yes, uh, yes, Rama. Is that... Bad team fit, bad player, or just didn't work out, period? Uh, I would say— For Derek Williams, I'm talking uh, about. Originally, uh, I, think, I think he was massively overvalued. When he came out, like, look, people will, will always troll me and say, like, hey, when Steph Curry came out, like, you didn't think he was that good. Like, no, I, I thought he would be—my actual perspective on the day of the NBA draft was I thought he would be, like, a Jeff Hornacek type, like a really good player. Uh, I was concerned about his ability to play defense, about his body holding up, hadn't been a true point, and um, frankly, what position he would play because he'd only been a point one year in college. And obviously, he's far exceeded any of those expectations. But when Derek Williams came out, I had him as the most overrated player in the draft because people thought he shot like over 50% from three in college, but he was and he was playing with a bad thumb. But he was playing center or power forward at Arizona. Like, oh, well, he'll be a two or a three. Like, no, he won't. He can't dribble. He can't move out in the perimeter. He has no position. And so when the Minnesota Timberwolves drafted number two overall, they put him out there like, wow, he's never played guard before in his life. Right? He's 6'8", and he, they, people are like, well, he can dribble and pass. For a center in college, he could. Not for a guard in the pros. Yes, Ryan Music. Well, no, I was just going to say that with your Steph Curry analysis, up until, what was it, three years ago when yeah. he won the MVP, right. th- that wasn't incorrect. Everything you had said wasn't incorrect at well, all. Well, part of it was it was held, he was held back. In fairness, he was held back by injuries his first but couple that, years. It, it, you said no, that I, that was part of what your concerns were, well, if his my, body my, would hold up. Yes, my, but, but, it would, my, but my, when I said body, it wasn't that he hadn't had injuries in college. It was just more he was so slight. Like, he looked like a child. Like, he hadn't. He hadn't put on size. He has good shoulders now. Like, he's obviously done some work in the weight room. And and some of this is also the adjustment in the NBA. And, like, look, he takes shots that no one in the history of the NBA has ever been allowed to take because they can't make as high a percentage of them as he can make. Um, so, anyway, to answer your question, like, I thought that Derek Williams was overrated. Did I think he would be out of the league, which he was by the start of this year? I didn't. I thought he would always be kind of a rotation guy because he had no position. But also you have to remember that in order to be a rotation guy in the NBA, 
You have to be a great teammate and a great defender and then just do what you do well. The problem with that is when you come into the league as the number two pick, you're expected to be a star and you're not focusing on your defense. You're trying to find ways to score on offense. So it's a it's a hard thing to kind of re relearn your how to play basketball. Because you've played basketball one way your entire life. Hey, I play 35 minutes every game, and I score 20 points and get 10 rebounds every game. And now, hey, I want you to play in five-minute stretches. I want you to not touch the ball for long portions of time. And I want you to play great defense, do all the little things. And then when you get it, I need you to make open shots, even though you haven't shot the ball a bunch. Like when you're a volume, that's really, really hard to do. And it's, it's the most underrated thing about NBA players is the guys who can sit there for 25, 30 minutes, ice cold, come in, first time they catch it from 24 feet out, make a jump shot. That's super, super hard. Anyway, that, I hope that answers your question, Ryan. Yep, it does. All right. There's a little bit of everything. Some of the busts come because of the fit. Johnny Flynn was a bust. He got hurt, but he was also a ball screen point guard, and he was playing in the triangle which is a terrible offense for the style of point guard that Johnny Flynn plays. Just is. Uh, I always bring up the Aaron Campman parallel. You guys remember when Aaron Campman led the NFL in sacks with the Green Bay Packers? Right. And then Don, Dom Capers came in in his first year, and Dom Capers is a 3-4 guy. Aaron Campman is a 4-3 defensive end. Like, hey, man, I know you've played with your hand in the dirt your whole life and you led the NFL in sacks. I want you to play standing up now. And Aaron Kentman tried for a year. He's not the same guy. It's a bad fit. So fit does matter. And then Flynn hurt his hip, and that's what kept him out of basketball. And I had to retire at like 23 or something because he had a bad hip injury and a bad hip surgery. So the real winner last night was the Celtics because they'll get Markel Fultz, who's the best prospect, and he won't have all the pressure on him. He just won't. Then the LeVar Ball show uh, came to town. LeVar Ball, father of Lonzo Ball, who is very likely to be the number two pick to play for his hometown L.A. Lakers. And probably the worst part about it is LeVar Ball, I think, legitimately believes that he has willed this into happening, right? Like he has willed this into happening. See, I had a vision. He's going to play for the Lakers. We're not going to work out for anybody else. It's only going to be the Lakers, and now it's probably going to happen. And then LeVar Ball was on with Colin Cowherd earlier today on Fox Sports Radio in the iHeart app, and this happened. Like I said, there's different amounts. How many? Stay in your lane. Anyways, I'm just curious. I don't even worry about her over there. Like, Every time she scares me to death. She says she scares Lonzo. Lonzo's scared of me. She scares I me. That's I'm why I don't look that way. I said that I wouldn't wear something that it like says a woman. big baller. It's the same thing. Yeah. With I, all due respect, I, you're a great reporter, just not reporting on me. Uh, well, I, I think in order to have a successful company, you're going to have to have women who like your brand. Uh, no, no, no. Yeah, if you have a woman's company. But anyways. Oh, so you're not about, marketing We're women. talking about big baller brand. Yeah, look, I think that the issue here is, and they were talking about the number of shoe sales, and obviously LeVar Ball is very sensitive because the numbers aren't great. Like, look, if the numbers were good, he would share with you numbers are good. Right. Had had he sold 50,000 sneakers, he would have no problem. Like, when I was on with him, he's like, 495. I was like, is that how many you sold, or is that how much it costs? He's like, whichever you want. Like, okay. 
If you're not giving me a number, it's because the numbers aren't good. Like, here's a, here's a little secret. So, I used to work for CBS. Our show was on CBS Sport. My radio show was on CBS Sports Network. CBS Sports Network does not rate. Does not rate. Um, technically, if you're not in 50 million homes, you don't make a number on Nielsen. Okay? The truth is that CBS Sports Network is actually in more than 50 million homes. But they don't submit the they don't submit to ratings for one reason they don't want to know the number like they they actually can track the number and there's ways to track the number without tracking the number and like who wants to be the network that puts up the the blue tarski the 0.0 right the same thing with lavar ball that you don't the reason he's not shouting a number from the rooftops from the mountaintop. He's not up by the Hollywood sign saying, we sold 100,000 shoes. Woo! Right? Is because the number's not good. Yes! It also should be pointed out that he isn't real. I don't know if he knows who he's actually marketing to, but I don't think he thinks he's marketing to women. And as much as... uh. What he said and the way in which he said it and the stay in your lane, he didn't, now, like, let's be fair. He didn't say stay in the kitchen now. He said stay in the lane. Um, but it was, the, it was how terse he was when questioned about the numbers that it became obvious he's got some insecurity about the numbers themselves. So I don't think he's wrong that he, he doesn't have to have he doesn't have to market to women in order to make it work. I don't think it's wrong for Christine to point out that it would sure help if your brand was more likable towards women, although she's really caught up on the idea that big baller brand would would be something that wouldn't be purchased by women. But I also don't think LeVar Ball did himself any favors became because he came across so incredibly unlikable even if the point he was trying to make, though he didn't articulate it well enough, was a reasonable one. Make sense? Bobby Marks joins us. We'll ask him, what do the Pacers do with Paul George? And what can the Clippers do to fix their roster? The master of the NBA front office and the spreadsheet joins us next. With True Car, you can find out what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for. And on average, save over 3000 off MSRP. Whether you're looking for a new or used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Doug Gottlieb Show rolls on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, Bobby Marks used to work in front office. Now he basically is the front office insider for The Vertical, which is a great website, uh, at Yahoo Sports, and of course you can follow him on Twitter at Bobby Marks forty two. Bobby, I, I want to start though in terms of basketball insight. Uh, give me your kind of quick breakdown. What happened last night? I I'll tell you mine with the NBA draft lottery. I thought the winner was the Celtics. They only get the number one pick and have the Nets pick next year, but it takes a lot of the pressure off Markel Fultz going into a playoff team because so much of the attention is going to be on Lonzo Ball to the Lakers. What's your perspective on the draft lottery? No, I agree. I mean, I think it's it's the perfect situation if if that's where Boston's going to go, and I think that's the direction with with Marco Fultz. You know, rarely do you get a 
you get a number one pick that goes to a, uh, a team that's in the Eastern Conference Finals. And you, it's usually that you're going through a rebuild and the spotlight is on you. And, you know, how that, ro- that roster is in, you know, set up for next year, you've got Isaiah, Marcus Smart, Terry Rozier, those guys coming back. And he can kind of, he can kind of ease his way in there. But I expect him to make an impact on that team next year. I, I do, too. And, of course, it puts them in the market to make some moves. Let's talk about the potential for those moves. Uh, if you're Indy, what are your options now? Paul George has a year left before free agency. Give me your sense for how the market actually works. Well, I think tomorrow we'll have a better idea. You know, tomorrow all NBA will be announced, and I think uh, where that goes, if, if George makes all NBA, which I don't, I don't think he will. Um, you know, he would be eligible to sign that you know that designated player veteran extension for five years, two hundred seven million this summer. You know, you know that off the table. Now he's basically he's extension eligible, but only you know 120 percent off his current contract. So, I think you know with a new GM, I know Kevin's been there, Kevin Pritchard. Uh, there's got to be a sit down with Aaron Minton's agent Paul, and to kind of get a resolution that where we where we're going here. And and if it was me, you know, there's so, there's so much smoke with this Laker talk right now going on, and I, I would be uncomfortable with George going into a year on an expiring contract if, if I don't if I don't move him. And I and I think that's I think that's the direction where, the, where Indiana has to look at right now. All right. So what's what's the viability with the Lakers? Like, can they make the move without they they don't want to part with that num that number two pick? Um, so what what can they send back that the that the Pacers would actually want? Like, can they make a trade? Sure. But do the Pacers want the pieces that would be sent back in return? Well, and also, you know, Doug, I I don't know if I'm the Lakers. I'd want to do anything right now. I, I, you know, I I was there in New Jersey with us in New York when we went through Carmelo in 2010-11. And you saw, you know, we were ready to, you know, give up a lot. And the Knicks basically gutted that team. And to basically be able to go out and get a guy they would have been been able to sign with, with cap space and, and if I'm the Lakers, I'm, I'm, I'm looking back five or six years ago and, following that, and, and not following that script there and being patient with, with their young players, especially if you have an understanding that you can go out and get him uh, in the summer of 2018, that they'd have to create some room there. The, that Mozgov and Dang contract could come back and you know, bite them right now, the two guys signed last year. But, but, it, but if, I'm the, if I'm the Lakers and I have a strong comfort level that, I, that Paul George will be a, a Laker in 2018 – I'm not doing anything with that roster. Okay, so uh, what about the Clippers? The, the Clippers are a team that are seen to be as in cap hell. The one guy you think they can let walk would be J.J. Redick. But now all of a sudden, you know, you go from one viable starting wing to no viable starting wings. Uh, what, what, what do those contracts mean in terms of what they can do to add pieces to their roster? Well, you know, I mean, if, you, if you're going down that, that the Paul George route, I mean, it, you know, for the, for the Clippers at least, it's an L.A. kid. You know, basically the only guy would be in play would be, you know, Blake Griffin, and that, and that part, partakes of a sign-in trade. And, and I think the Los Angeles is in a tough spot right now, and I think when you look at that roster, you've got to figure out what's the, what's the luxury and what's the priority. And I think, I think Redick right now is a, is a luxury based on how that, that, that roster is right now. And can you get, you know, you know the contribution out of Rivers and Crawford, which you could get out of, you know, Redick. I think you'd, you'd take a little bit of step, step back here. But, you know, the, the, and I think you look at that team, I'm sure they'd love to have some of those draft picks. They, they traded away, you know, to, uh, you know, one's in Orlando this year. They traded, um, you know, one way, you know, the previous year. They've, they've never done a good job developing players. So if they had that infrastructure in place, you know, they wouldn't be pressed to go out and, you know, give Chris Paul a max contract, give Blake Griffin a, a max type contract.
but they have to, right? And so then they're stuck, and so the only thing they could do. What about Carmelo? You mentioned Carmelo, and the lesson that most of the league should have learned was, you know, don't trade pieces for a guy who's ultimately going to become a free agent. How does it, how does it change? Uh, what, 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 what do the Knicks do to ultimately get Carmelo to relent on that no-trade clause? Well, they've got to find a home for him. You know, I think you're looking at three options, and I think the third option is not going to is not going to do it, and that's do nothing. You know, I think that would be the the most realistic option if there was a relationship between the president and, and your and your, one of your star players, and, and that's not there. And and you you've got to come up with a list of teams here, and even if it's maybe outside of of his window of of teams, you know, possibly the, the the Clippers, and we've heard Cleveland, and I don't think Boston's in play, and, and expand expand that list here. And I always said there's there's one or two, one or two teams that lose early in the playoffs that become you know a little more desperate when we get to uh, we get to J- July here. And I think the lesson the Knicks learn also is that don't put a no trade clause in a contract. I mean, those things are you know there's only three of them out there. Uh, I think the Clippers are going to ha- learn a hard lesson this too because you've got if I'm Chris Paul and I'm Blake Griffin, two players who are eligible for a no trade clause, I'm asking for it because if they don't, you know they can get that money with another team. It's Doug Gottlieb show, CBS, uh, Fox Sports Radio. Uh, Bobby Marks joining us, uh, front office insider from the Vertical at Bobby Marks forty two is his Twitter handle. Uh, what does the league think about Levar Ball? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I know what the front office think, and, and right, at least this is what last week when I was in Chicago and I and I, I talked to a lot of teams. And who, I mean, who knows? By the time we get to June, this thing might be spiraling out of control. But the, he doesn't scare teams right now, and you know, to, to have him, I, I think we have to figure out: is is it a gimmick, or is there a different personality personality to Lavar Ball? And if I'm I'm Magic Johnson or, or Danny Ainge or Brian Colangelo, who's sitting at three. Uh, I know that the kid probably won't go to the Lakers and work out, but I'm, I want to have a sit down with the dad and, and figure out what his personality is. In, in the, in the, I mean, we see in the media, we see on Fox, we see him, you know, all over different networks here. And, and is that the same type of personality that's in his house raising these, these three boys? Um, is it a little bit different? What type of impact, you know, bearing will he have when his son maybe is in a D league next year? Playing minutes, or you know, he's not is not playing a lot of minutes and everything. And right now, he, he does not scare front offices, but that might change when we get to uh, to June here. It's 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 hard to think the Spurs can put up much of a fight when you don't have Kawhi and you don't have Tony Parker. On the other hand, it was also tough to watch for for the second time in a big game early in a series, uh, a guy who was thought to be a star a couple years ago, Lamarcus Aldridge, play so. Frankly, so soft, right? Called out a little bit by his head coach, uh, Greg Popovich. I'm, I'm just wondering your sense when the Spurs uh, get the, get back together after the season is over, if they don't think, you know, LaMarcus might just not be a great fit for who we are and where we're trending. Your sense of LaMarcus and his long-term future with the Spurs. Well, two years left on that contract there, and I, I think you look at him when they when they signed him a couple of years ago. He was a four. I think how the NBA has gone now. I mean, I think he just struck five. I mean, his mobility. I mean, he he seems like he's aged over the over the last year here. He, his mobility is. I don't know if he's, if he's nicked up and injured right now, but he is not a he's not a, he's not mobile right now. And uh, I, I think you've got to look at you know 
outside of Kawhi, you've got to look at that that roster there. And they're going to have a hard decision to make with Patty Mills, you know, a free agent. You know, what do you do with Tony Parker who's coming off that, that surgery there? And you've got Jonathan Simmons who is a restricted free agent. And, and to, you know, create room, which they won't have, they'd have to, you know, gut some pieces here. But, but you're right. I mean, you know, when you look at Aldridge, when you look at Gasol, both guys, if Gasol opts in, those guys are going to be here next year unless you do something with them. Mm. Fascinating stuff. Uh, follow him on Twitter. Read his work at the Vertical. In the meantime, we'll continue to have him on as long as uh, he makes himself available. He's Bobby Marks. He's a former front office insider, now the front office insider for the Vertical. Bobby, thanks so much. Great info, and enjoy the game tonight. Thanks, Doug. Appreciate it. Bobby Marks joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. Let's quickly find out what's trending. When things come out of left field, having a game plan matters. Farmers Insurance has over 89 years of experience helping people play through every stage of the game. We've seen almost everything, so we know how to cover almost anything. Visit Farmers.com. We are Farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Yeah, when you don't have a good number, you don't say the number, right? What'd you sell your house for? Good numbers. Good number. What was it? Just good numbers. It's Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Let's get you updated on a bunch of stuff you might have missed. That uh, LeVar Ball obviously making news earlier today. We'll play a little Twitter war upcoming. In the meantime, how about uh, five, six stories in five, six minutes? We call it the press. The press. We welcome in Dan Beyer. Dan, what's hot off the press? Uh, Doug, we always like to have fun in this segment, but starting off with a serious note, a new Title IX lawsuit has been filed against Baylor University, alleging that a former women's volleyball player was drugged and raped by at least four football players at a party in 2012. According to the Waco Tribune, video was uncovered in the investigation of two women being raped, as the paper says that the hazing with the football players was viewed as a bonding experience. It was also alleged in the lawsuit that dogfighting was taking place by football players on a routine basis when Art Bryles was the team's head coach. <laughs> I mean, is there anything they weren't doing at Baylor? Well, the good news is they don't appear to be playing players, so the NCAA can't get themselves involved. Like, it's, I mean, like, look, if, if I want to make sure you point out, these are allegations, okay? And in allegations, made sometimes they are over the top, can be over the top. But if true that football players, any of them, did what they were alleged to have done and any of them knew and no one said anything, I would actually be okay with them canceling football. I would actually be, if, like, if, if, that, is, mm-hmm. if that is a group activity by football players to where what they're alleged to do is hazing incident um, where they haze and they're like, oh, hey, let's, uh, let's bring over some chicks, let's drug them. And then let's rape them and let's film it and then let's watch the films. Like, you know what? I'm okay with you never having football again. I, look, I'd like, I believe in the good of people and I like to believe that this is just a lawyer going over the top. But if, if true, dude, and oh yeah, by the way, our, the, our Bryles thing, I've said this many times over. That guy's never going to work ever, ever again in collegiate sports, nor, nor should he. I mean, everything he's done is the wrong way to handle being fired from being defensive and being defiant and then showing up at practices and being in front of the camera and not seeming to contrite when you're doing finally doing interviews and then suing the university after you'd already settled on a deal. 
Like, that dude should never work in collegiate or professional football ever again. Moving on to the pro game, the pro game that is the NFL. Hey, let's have some fun now, huh? Yeah, yeah. We'll try to we'll try to lighten things up. Well, remember, we didn't do what these football players are alleged to have done. Like, it's not that we don't have sympathy for it, but we didn't. So I can't act like. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. The NFL Network reports the NFL owners are likely to vote again on changing the length of overtime periods from 15 to 10 minutes, smart. trying to shorten up those games. Yeah, smart. Like we talked about this in baseball. Everybody knows it. The games last. Altogether too long. Like, let's get on with it. Just let's just get on with it. And overtime in the regular season, it, hockey has it best. You get a point for if having a tie, and then they try and get overtime over as quickly as possible. This is smart. Couple of running back signings in the NFL today. Different varieties. The Jaguars signed their first round pick, running back Leonard Fournette. So the Jaguars will have Fournette, TJ Yeldon, and Chris Ivory in that backfield. While the Eagles signed free agent running back Legarrett Blunt to a one year deal. Like Eagles signed Legarrett Blunt. Huh. Well, when the Patriots get rid of you, usually you don't have much left. So we'll see how much he has left. Yeah, he was awful the last uh, month and a half of the season, and yep. then the playoffs was not good at all. Um, another uh, hot streak in Major League Baseball. One, two. Hit off the end of the bat, broken bat right side, pass a dive of four, and into right field. Bregman scores. Marisnik scores. Into third goes McCullers, and it's a two-run single for George Springer. Three to nothing, Astros. The Astros have now won nine of ten, dropping the Marlins today. Doug on the Astros radio network by that three nothing count. Now twenty-nine and twelve. That was the pace the Cubs were on a year ago. They've opened up an eight and a half game lead on the Angels and Rangers in the AL West. As- As- Astros should be that good. They should have been this good last year, right? I mean, two years ago was the, hey, they got a lot of dudes, right? Okay. Yeah, they've been drafting well for years. Uh, their pitching bit, Altuve, Correa. Remember, they added Josh Reddick as well. Um, you know, and then their pitching, obviously, they have Dallas Keuchel. Um, I don't know if you've seen, Lance McCullers has been spectacular so far this year with a 2.65 ERA. Like, these dudes are the real deal. I guess my question is is more the bullpen. You know, Giles hasn't been great as their closer. He's got a pretty high, pretty hefty ERA so far in the season. But it's not a surprise that they've raced off to this kind of start because they have some of the best young talent in the sport. Let's keep it in Texas, but in San Antonio, a lawsuit has been filed against the Warriors and Zaza Pachulia by a San Antonio man who is seeking $73,000 in damages. Juan Vasquez claims that in a suit that the actions by Pachulia, quote, devastated the quality of the Spurs' chances of being competitive and having additional games in their home arena, both in the Western Conference Finals and potentially the NBA Finals, and also negatively affected the value of the ticket's purchased by the plaintiff so yes the warriors are being sued by a spurs fan because of jaja's left foot see these are the type of people that when they they sue like it's kind of funny right but these are the type of people that when they sue they should lose money right like i we should be able to counter sue for stupidity (laughs) we should like your honor your honor uh this human being is too stupid to understand that this is sports and these kind of things happen in sports and if this has a great effect on his life and his enjoyment, his ability to watch a game, then he needs to get a life. And the best way to keep these suits from happening again is uh, let's punish him for filing such a frivolous lawsuit. Hello, San Antonio. 
Finally, Doug, it was revealed that another game show is making a comeback. I'm a big game show fan. Are you? I do like game shows. Okay. Uh, this time, The Joker's Wild is coming back. All right. Coming to yeah, TBS later it. in 2017. Good stuff. I, 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 I love The Joker's Wild. Yes. No whammies, no whammies. Uh, that was and stop. press your luck. That's press that, your luck? Wait, yes. wait. What's The Joker's Wild? <laughs> <laughs> What's Joker's Wild? Joker, Joker, Joker. You know where you spin the wheels? On the and you have the, you have to get the jokers in the wild round the wild card round or the extra round. Don't know it. And it okay. Anyway, Snoop Dogg's going to host it on TBS. So Snoop Dogg Can is going to be a game show host coming up later in 2017 as the Joker's Wild is making a comeback. What's a more impressive career path? Snoop Dogg becoming a talk show a, a, a game show host or Ice Cube going from America KKK's Most Wanted to having like. A, Children's movies, a cartoon. <laughs> yeah. Now, now being the commissioner of a three-on-three league, what's a what's a more impressive career path? Uh, I think Cubes is is pretty because I think they're going to take some of you know Snoop and put him into the new show. Cubes the one that, that had to change the most, I think, to to get to his spot. Hmm. Great stuff, Dan. That's the press. Hey, get out there and press. That was the press. Uh, all right. Well, we got a lot to recap. Get you ready for tonight's game. Um, and maybe maybe one more on Lavar Ball. Maybe we'll go top top shelf uh, top rope on Lavar Ball one more time. But upcoming next, Dana White got into a one two three four. He declared Twitter war. We'll play it for you next. With True Car, you can find out what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for, new or used. Visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Mm-mm. What do we think? Uh, what do we think the statement from Tom Brady ultimately is tomorrow? Uh, if you missed it earlier today, it's Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. If you missed it earlier today, I love this sound. Uh, Giselle Bunchton, of course, is um, a very famous model, as well as arguably the world's most famous model, and she's also the wife of Tom Brady, arguably the world's not arguably, the world's most accomplished quarterback. I don't believe he's the best quarterback. I believe he's the most accomplished. He's one of the greats in the history of the game. So she said this about Tom Brady's health playing football earlier today on CBS This Morning. I just have to say, as a wife, I'm a little bit, you know, it's, as you know, it's not the most, like, let's say, an aggressive sport, right? Football, like, he had a concussion last year. I mean, he has concussions pretty much. I mean, we don't talk about it, but he does have concussions. And it's, I don't really think it's a healthy thing for your body to go through, like, a, you know, through that kind of aggression, like, all the time. And that could not be healthy for you, right? And I'm planning on having him be healthy and do a lot of fun things when we're, like, 100, I hope. Yeah. Uh, hey, uh, listen. Giselle, did you just say that he had a concussion last year? I mean, his concussions all the time. Now she also, you know, misspoke in terms of the language translation from Portuguese to English, and what she said, it's not that aggressive in a, a sport. Like I think we knew what she meant, but she actually said the opposite of it's it's like a very aggressive, contact filled sport. She just couldn't articulate it because it's not in her first language. So my guess is that there'll be some sort of like, look, Giselle spoke a little bit out of turn. There's a little bit of the language translation. Tom wasn't really concussed. He's had borderline concussions in the past, et cetera, et cetera. But I love the, 
we don't talk about that when you just talked about it. Look, we don't talk about the, this is, it reminds me of Kendrick Perkins. You guys remember what Kendrick Perkins did last year? Last year, Kendrick Perkins said that LeBron James had made him sign an agreement, or no, excuse me, Kevin Durant had made him sign an agreement, non-disclosure agreement, so that he couldn't talk about the teams that they talked about together in terms of free agency. But just the idea that Kevin Durant had talked with somebody else about teams in free agency was big news. A lot like what Giselle Bunchton said today. Oh, we got a Twitter war. One, two, three, four. I declare a Twitter war. All right, so we have a Twitter war today, don't we? Dana White and Luke Rockhold. Uh, Dana White, of course, uh, is the UFC president. Former middleweight champion Luke Rockhold. Don't see eye to eye. And tensions boiled over an exchange on Twitter. It all started when White responded to Rockhold over the past weekend at UFC 211 when he admonished the former champion for his criticism of GSP receiving a middleweight title shout, a shot uh, while more worthy contenders were waiting in the wings. White took exception to Rockhold voicing his opinion about possibly competing for an interim title while taking aim at him for not fighting since suffering a first-round knockout against Michael Bisping, of course, who GSP was going to fight. So uh, let's see here. Rockholt wrote, I never said I deserved a title shot. I said we middleweights deserve clarity. We deserve something fighting for. These are all at Dana White. You have to earn your way in this company. You tell me how GSP earned a middleweight title shot. Think before you run your mouth. Dana White came back at him and wrote, I usually never respond, but GSP never lost his title. Beasting GSP and the fans wanted it. Stick to fighting and modeling and leave matchmaking to us. Rockhold didn't offer a response following White's message on Twitter. Dana White's the president. He dropped the mic. But the, also the, the problem with Dana White is he carries a heavy stick. So if he smacks you back into place, you're not going to get that title shot that you may want. So it's a, it's a Twitter war, but it's not a fair fight. <laughs> and we hold up the hand of the champion because uh, the champion's Dana White. And I guess he won because he said modeling. And when you're a man sport like UFC, you know, on the other hand, if your ears are good after being a wrestler and being a mixed martial artist, that's actually a good thing. Deshaun Watson set to join us tomorrow. What's it like to be seen as the savior in Houston? I'll ask him. We had some great stuff earlier today. You can download all of it on iTunes or wherever podcasts are available. When you download the Doug Gottlieb show, rate us, like us, tell a friend about us. Of course, the first two hours are on Sirius XM Satellite Radio. Anybody else can listen to the entire show, both on podcasts or the best of, or on the iHeart app, or, of course, wherever you're listening to this show. Obviously, I think the Cavs win tonight. I don't believe in this whole rust thing. I think that the energy that was spent by the Celtics to make to win the last series ends up beating them in Game 1. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show, only on Fox Sports Radio. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. 
MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at, at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see See what music does to people. It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.